We're starting a new series called See, and it's talking all about looking at life God's way, looking at life God's way. And if, if we're ever going to be able to look at life God's way, then we have to start from the foundation of truth. That's what we're going to talk about today is truth. Uh, I remember when I was in college, I went to Pensacola Christian College, um, and uh, at this Christian college, we uh, had a church there. It was called the Campus Church, and so um, we got to go to services three times every Sunday and one time on Wednesday night, and then we had chapel three times a week, I think. So, I mean, there was a lot of church every week, which was great. I mean, I I loved that part of college. Um, However, Sunday school was always boring. It was just it was just boring. And maybe you're thinking, oh, the pastor's up there saying that a part of church was boring. Well, it was. It was just boring for a large portion of it. Hopefully this morning won't be boring for you, but it was just boring. So, but we had two semesters. I remember specifically two semesters where it wasn't such a big group and the teacher was way more personal. There was only maybe 40 of us in there. It was way, the teacher was way more personal. He would let us ask questions. He would ask us questions. And his teaching style was more apologetic. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, he, uh, he would talk about different things like the Trinity. He, uh, the Trinity is pretty complicated when you really start thinking about it. Like, you know, God, Father, and the Holy Spirit, they're all, they're all, or God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they're all one, but they're all different, all totally the same, but all separate entities. Like, it's, it's pretty, like, confusing when you think about it. He gave, like, one of the clearest presentations of what the Trinity is that I've ever heard in my life. It was really good. Uh, another thing that he talked about was truth. And um, well, I told you that we had to go to, to services a lot. And when we went to those services, we had to wear uh, a suit and tie and everything. So I like to keep things a little more interesting. And I had this pink suit jacket. Uh, I almost wore it this morning, but I decided against it. But I had this pink suit jacket. How many of you guys, how many of you would wear this? How many of you would wear it? A, a few, a few, there's a few of you. Not everybody can wear this jacket, but I, I would wear it. I'm not saying that I could wear it, but I did wear it. Um, and I wore it because I thought it was fun, and I wanted to bring a little fun. People would compliment it, and I enjoyed wearing it. Well, anyway, we were in that Sunday school class with that apologetic-style teacher, and he was talking about truth. And he had a phrase that he would say often during that teaching series, and he would say, truth doesn't care what you believe. Truth doesn't care what you believe. Really, really good, solid statement, right? Truth doesn't care what you believe. And I remember he was talking about truth, and I had a question, so I raised my hand, asked the question. I happened to be wearing this suit jacket that morning. And um, so he, I, I asked this question. He goes, oh, that's a good question, Bryce. He answered the question. I don't even remember what the question was at this point. After he answered the question, he said, but you have to remember, Bryce, truth doesn't care what you believe. He said, for instance... You put on that jacket this morning. See where this is going? You put on that jacket this morning and decided to leave your dorm and go out in public. In fact, you probably paid money for that jacket at some point and decided that was a good purchase. But here's the thing, Bryce. Truth doesn't care what you believe. Yeah. And the whole class was laughing at me and everybody was going, oh, yeah. It was um, an, an embarrassing situation a little bit, but, but it made that... That, that thought stick in my mind. Truth doesn't care what you believe. You can believe whatever you want, but if it's contrary to truth, it doesn't matter because truth doesn't care what you believe. 
So before we get into this, I think it would be good for us to, to look at a few verses that kind of give us a, a biblical perspective on truth. What does the Bible say that truth is? What does the Bible say about truth? I'm gonna read through some. If you're taking notes today, you may wanna just write down the references so you could go back and look at them later. They should all be on the screen. Um, but we'll start. Most of them are in the book of John, starting in John chapter one, verse 14. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Next one is John 1.17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John 14.6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and will show you things to come. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now in the book of Psalms, Psalms 119, verse 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure or true. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. You guys kind of catching the theme throughout scripture here? This isn't all the verses on truth, but some of the main ones that you can find in scripture on truth. The theme is, right, that, that the Bible is truth, The Bible declares itself to be truth. Jesus at multiple times says, hey, the Bible is true. Prophets declare that the Bible is true. If you're here today and and you don't believe that the Bible is true, then the rest of this message is going to be pretty difficult to apply. Now, if you're here and you're thinking, I don't know if the Bible is true, I'm gonna tell you right now, the goal of the message today is not to convince you that the Bible is true, okay? I don't, there's not enough time in the, in the service today, to be honest, to, to convince you of that. Rather, it's to show the importance of understanding that there is truth to be found in God's word. The importance of having truth as the foundation for your life. I think everyone here would agree that we all believe in truth at some level, right? Because everyone believes something and in order for you to believe something, there has to be some truth that you believe. Some, something that at least you believe to be true. So the foundation of truth for the Christian should obviously be scripture, right? We should base, the, the, the foundation of, our, of truth should be scripture. That's what our whole life should come from is the truth of scripture, And with scripture as the foundation for absolute truth, life has order and there is confidence. Now, we believe that there is that there is absolute truth found in scripture, right? That means that it's it's absolute. There's nothing that can change this truth. It's absolutely true no matter what. Right? So what's what's the what's the contradicting thing? What's the what's the conflict? What's the the objecting thing to absolute truth? Well, it would probably be relative truth, right? Relative truth is is the belief that truth changes based on your circumstances or your situation or who you are. That truth can change, okay? Now, let me clarify that relative truth, there is some truth that is relative. That's a legitimate thing. That's, that's not, relative truth in and of itself is not a bad thing. Okay, let me give you an example. Uh, my wife and I, we both like to go on vacation. We really do. But what is true for me on vacation and what is true for Lydia on vacation are different. My truth and her truth are different truths when it comes to vacation. 
I like to go and be away from people, be miles away from people, to go in and just sit down and enjoy myself and my family together alone, not having, if I didn't see anybody the whole week, I'd be fine with that. I, that's no problem to me. If we just went to the store and picked up food, brought it all home and, and cooked it all instead of going out to, I'm, I'm totally cool with that because I just want to sit and be alone and relax. Anybody like to vacation like that? You just, you like your alone time? Yeah. Okay, there's multiple people like that. My wife is the exact opposite of that, exact opposite of that. If we go vacation at the beach, she wants to stay in the biggest hotel at the biggest beach surrounded by all the people and she doesn't want to drive anywhere. She wants to be able to walk to everything. If we're going to eat, she wants to be able to walk there. If we're going to the store, she wants to be able to walk there. She wants to be in the center of it all. Her, her rule of thumb is that you need to do at least one activity every single day, like go out and do something. That's, that's how my wife likes to vacation, right? So her truth and my truth are different. We have different truths. That is a truth that is relative, and it's okay for it to be a relative truth because that's what makes people different, okay? Everybody's different. Everybody has things that are, that are their opinions or their preferences, and that's okay. It's okay for those preferential truths to remain preferential and relative, right? Does that make sense? Let's do another example. How many of you think that the best way that milk can be is chocolate milk? Chocolate milk. Yeah, yep. How many of you say strawberry milk is the best way milk can be? Yeah, a few. How many of you say just plain old normal milk is the best way milk can be? Yeah. How many of you think milk is just gross? Yep, yeah, a couple people there too, right? Everybody has a different opinion on milk and what the best way to drink it is. But are any of you necessarily wrong? Some of you might say so, but in reality, no. It's okay for you to have a different opinion on milk than I have on milk. Like, that's okay. That's a relative truth that is meant to be relative, okay? So the problem is not when it comes to... Uh, is not with, with the truths that are meant to be relative. The problem is when you apply relative truth thinking to the truths that are absolute. When you, when you take the truths that, that cannot change and you try to make them change based on your circumstances or your situation. Okay, I have uh, my key in my pocket here, my car key. And here's the thing, I, I don't believe this, but let's say that I do. It's an absolute truth, right, that, that gravity exists, right? So gravity is going to act on me, it's going to act on this key. Gravity will do what gravity does. That's an absolute truth, there's nothing we can do to change it. Let's say that I believe, though, I believe that this key, when I drop it, it's not going to go down, it's going to go up. I believe it. I believe it so deeply. There's nothing you could do to convince me. I need it to be true. I, I believe it. I've internalized it. There's nothing you can do to change my mind. When I drop this key, it's going to go up. It still went down, right? Because it's an absolute truth, and truth doesn't care what you believe. Truth doesn't care how you feel. If it's true, there's nothing you can do to change it. All right, let's take it one step further. I'm going to go skydiving. Yeah, yeah. If I don't believe in the truth of gravity... If I, if I say, listen, you know what? I, I know what people say is true, but that's not how I feel. That's not what I believe. And, and I need this truth to, to not be real. I need my truth to be real because that's pretty severe. I, I need it to be real, but I'm still gonna jump out of the plane. I'm gonna go splat, right? Because truth doesn't care what you believe. It doesn't care what you believe. You can't take relative truth thinking and apply it to absolute truths. All right, let's get a, a little bit more realistic, a little closer to home. What about things like gender dysphoria, where people are just confused about what gender they're supposed to be? They think that it's okay to be able to change 
what they were anatomically made to be by God. Right? That is an absolute truth that God made you with no mistakes. He made you who you are and how you were supposed to be made. And that's exactly how you were supposed to be made. Now, you can apply relative truth thinking to that absolute truth, but that doesn't make that truth still not, it's still absolute. It's still absolute. So what, you, what God created you to be, that's who you are supposed to be. And there's nothing that, that's going to change it because that is an absolute truth. Now, again, if you, don't, if you don't believe in absolute truths from God's word, then that falls apart. But this is all stemming from God's word. If you believe the Bible, then you have to believe that there is absolute truth. The problem, again, comes from when you apply relative truth thinking to truths that are absolute. So here's a, a, a big important question then. Where do we find absolute truth? Where do we find absolute truth? We've already talked a little bit about how you find it in scripture. Um, but another place where I find absolute truth is, is not necessarily directly from scripture. You can probably find ex- examples of it in scripture. But I, I'm calling it the laws of existing. If, if there's a, a, a real term for that, I just kind of made that up. But if there's a real term for it, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to know what it is. Um, but it, this would encapsulate all of the laws that we follow as humans. Like the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of nature, the laws of physics. Like things that are, that are just absolutely true, like gravity would be a law of physics, right? If you drop something, it's going to go down, right? So because of that, that's an, it's an absolute truth. There's nothing we can do to change it. The laws of existing. These aren't things um, that we can change. They're just things that when God created everything, that's how he made it. And there's nothing you can do to change it because that's the way it is. So that's an absolute truth. If I, if I make a fist with my hand and I move it at a certain velocity towards somebody's face and it hits them, it's going to hurt, right? It's a, it's a truth. Like there's nothing, you can say, no, it's not gonna hurt. But if I get it going at the right speed and I connect with your face, it's gonna hurt because that's an absolute truth. You cannot change it. And then the second place we get absolute truths, obviously, is God's word from the Bible. We looked at plenty of verses at the beginning telling us that God's word is true and that absolute truth can be found in God's word. Okay, so we, we looked at, at those verses at the beginning of, of what the, the Bible says about truth. And then um, we looked at, at the, the, the uh, objection to absolute truth, which is relative truth thinking, believing that all truth is relative when it's not. There is some absolute truth. There is some relative truth. Now, though, I mean, what do we do with that, right? If we have that information, what do we do? I want to give a little bit of application here. And the first one is this. You need to know that lies are from Satan. Know that lies are from Satan. Lies are from Satan. John eight forty four says, He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The Bible tells us clearly here that, that Satan, the devil, is the father of lies. It says that when he speaks a lie, he speaks his own. That literally means he's, he's speaking his native language. Just like you and I speak English, Satan speaks lies. Like when every word he speaks, it's all lies. He's continually lying. That's what he does. And anything that does not align with biblical truth is a lie straight from Satan. So what do we do then? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So as Christians, we should not be thinking on the lies from Satan. Rather, we should be thinking on the truths that are found in God's word. Thinking on what's true, on what's honest. The the fact is that the longer you believe something, the harder it is to change what you believe. If you believe a lie for 20 years, for 30 years, it's going to be hard to change that lie. And if you believe a lie as truth, it will affect you as though it were true. Let me say that again. If you believe a lie as truth, it will affect you as though it were true. Because that's what lies do. That's what Satan wants to get you to do. That's why it's so important to believe what is true from the very beginning. If you're a parent in here today and you have kids, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm, I've been a parent for five and a half months now. But I do know this. Give your children truth. Give them truth. Because the longer that they believe something that is true, the longer that they've built their foundation on truth, the harder it's going to be to change it. The same is true with lies, though. If they grow up not knowing what truth is and that there is absolute truth and where to find it in God's word, then they're going to have all these lies that they've taken in and now they have to deconstruct those lies and reconstruct their life with truth. So if you start with truth, you're giving them a solid foundation to work off of. Okay, the first thing we have to do is know that lies are from Satan. Second thing we need to do is live in confidence. Live in confidence. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, this is the passage where Paul is, is giving um, the armor of God, right? If you've been in church at all, you've probably heard of the armor of God. He's giving the armor of God, and the first thing that he says as, hey, as, as a warrior, as a Christian, if you're going to go into battle, the first thing that you need is to gird your loins with truth. In other words, to, to put on a belt of truth. If you've ever seen a warrior, a fighter, somebody who's in the military, a police officer, they typically have a big belt, that has all their gear on it, and, and everything kind of is based off of that belt, right? It's, it's the important thing that holds all the pieces together. It was the same way back in Bible times. It all, it all happened with the belt. If this wasn't secure, then everything else could fall apart. The Bible's saying, hey, you have to start with truth, because if you don't start with truth, then everything else will fall apart. Life without truth leads to chaos, you have to start with that belt of truth. John eight thirty two says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You're free from the bondage of sin, free from the lies of the devil and you're standing firm on the foundation of truth. You know what standing firm on the foundation of truth does? It gives you confidence. I, I have up here um, a couple cinder blocks. Um, many of you probably have a home that has cinder blocks in its basement that are used as part of its foundation. They're used because they're sturdy, they're sure, they're, they're something that can be trusted. I, I, don't, I don't have any fear of falling off of these or this crumbling underneath of me because I know that it's, it's a solid foundation. It's not something that I need to worry about. So this is something that you can stand on that you can be confident in, right? Now, let's say that you tried to build something Instead of on cinder blocks, you tried to build something on top of a giant beanbag like this one. Now, many of you probably would not try to build something on this, right? Because it's unsure. It's, it's not solid. It's not something that you would want to stand on. The only thing you're going to want to do is lay down or 
sit on it. Like that's it, right? You don't want to build anything. You don't want to build your life on it. So if I have this foundation of truth, when the lies come my way, I can defend them with the truth, right? So when people come to me and say, eh, you're too far gone. I actually know the truth and I know that my God is the God of second chances. So I know it's okay because I'm on this foundation of truth. It's sure, it's solid. I can trust it. Uh, what about uh, you're, you're too far gone? You've made too many mistakes. No, my God's grace is sufficient. I, I know, I know, I, I have truth that I'm standing on. Uh, what about, oh, God made a mistake. You're feeling this way because God made you wrong. You're supposed to be something else. Your gender is supposed to be different. Your identity is supposed to be in something else. No, I, I, I know what's true. I, 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 I know this, and I can stand on it, and those lies are going to come my way, and they're going to try to shake me, but I have a solid foundation that I can trust, because it's true. It's absolutely true, always, no matter what. doesn't matter how I feel. doesn't matter what I think. I know this is true, so I can always trust it. There's a confidence that's found there, because I always can give a, a rebuttal to any, any lies that come my way. No, I'm going to compare it to truth, and what is true is what I'm going to stand on, okay? Now, contrast that with this. Let's uh, see. Okay. So, this is not a solid foundation, okay? Now, let's say lies come my way, right? Uh, you're not good enough. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not. I don't, have, I don't have a firm footing. There's nothing solid for me to stand on. God made mistakes when he made you. Maybe. Maybe he did because all truth is relative, right? So I don't have anything to really like stand on that's firm, that's sure, that I can trust. This is not easy for me to do. Uh, what about you, you, God just doesn't love you anymore? Maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't have anything to look on that's solid that I can trust. This foundation is, is not secure. I don't have any security. There's no confidence to be found in a, in a foundation that says all truth is relative because that's not the way that God made things. God made things with absolute truth, something that you can stand on, that you can trust, that you can have confidence in because we need that. We need confidence. Okay, you need to know that lies are from Satan. You need to live in confidence. Thirdly, you should never stop learning. Never stop learning. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. All believers are in the sanctification process. Now this is uh, the process of being set apart towards God's purpose, set apart to God's purpose. Uh, when I talk with the teens about sanctification, some of them will probably recognize this. I, I always say that I have a sanctified toothbrush my toothbrush has already gone through the sanctification process. It is sanctified because it is set apart for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to clean my teeth. Nobody else's teeth, not my dog's teeth. It's not used to clean the shower, nothing. It is used for my teeth and my teeth only. It's sanctified. It's set apart for one purpose and one purpose only. Okay, as Christians, we're in a sanctification process where as we go throughout our, our Christian life, we're going to be more and more set apart towards God's purpose and his purpose only. Does that make sense? We're all in this process where we're becoming more in the image of Christ and we're becoming uh, more set apart for his specific purpose. This happens, though, mainly through learning from God's word, right? Sanctify them through thy truth. What is God's truth? It's God's word. 
It's everything that's found in the Bible. So if you're going to continue in this sanctification process, if you're going to make progress in it, then you need to be in God's word because it's beneficial for you. In fact, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17 uh, says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable. It means it's a benefit to you. It, it's, it's a good thing for you. Everybody likes making a profit when it comes to business. That means it, it benefits you, right? All scripture is that same way. All of this, everything that's in this book is of benefit to you because it's true. It's profitable for what? for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here's the thing, though. The Bible is only profitable to you if you read it. It won't be of any benefit to you if you don't read it, if you don't come to church and learn about it, if you don't uh, listen to preaching to learn about it, if you don't get into the Word yourself, have your own quiet time with God, and read God's Word. It doesn't, it's not profitable to you if you do not read it. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen, the more that you know God, the better you can worship him. It's, it's not only an, an act of your spirit, it's an act of truth. The more you know about God, the more deeply you can worship him. The last thing is this. Challenge the lies with the truth. Challenge the lies with the truth. Again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. As Christians, our greatest weapon is truth. When lies come my way and I'm standing on the foundation of truth, I can always say, nope, I got truth to stand on and that lie, I'm always gonna compare it to what's true and I'm always gonna go with what's true because it's truth. Truth is our greatest weapon as a Christian. The world is going to challenge us. It's gonna challenge what we believe. Always, always, always point back to truth because truth never fears a challenge. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. This is Paul, he's, he's speaking to the church and he's telling them that there's gonna, there's gonna be people who come in and try to lie to you. Well, this is what you need to do. You need to give them the truth, right? But give it to them in love. This is the, the, the whole caveat to, to challenging the lies with the truth is that you can't be a jerk about it. Don't be a jerk about it. Give them the truth, but do it in love. Do it in love. So what do we do with truth? We need to know that the lies are from Satan. We have to live in confidence. We need to never stop learning and we should challenge the lies with the truth. The Bible is, is clear that, that there is truth, that we can trust it. Uh, we, we looked at, at what uh, relative truth is and that not all truth is relative but there is truth that is absolute and if we, if we use relative truth thinking with absolute truths, things get messed up. It doesn't work because truth doesn't care what you believe. Listen, always go back to God's word. I am, I'm honored and excited to, to kick off this series about seeing life God's way. And I firmly believe that if you're ever going to see life God's way, then you have to start on a firm foundation. You have to start with truth. You have to start with something that you know is sure.
If you're here today and uh, you're just not sure that you believe that the Bible is true, that's okay. I'm, I'm glad that you're here because um, that's a step in the right direction. Here's what I want to challenge you to do today. If, if you're like, I just, I just don't know if I believe, I don't know if I believe this book. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. The first thing is pray and ask God. Ask God to reveal to you that it is true. Ask God to reveal to you that it is true. And then secondly, I want you to put in the work to find out that it is true. I said at the beginning that we wouldn't have enough time today for me to prove to you that God's word is true. And that's a fact. There's just not enough time. But if you put in the work, and it will take time, if you put in the work to find out that God's word is true, I believe that you will. I believe that you will. I've done it, and I believe it to be true. Most of the people in this room have done it, and they believe it to be true. And I think if you do it, you'll find the same thing. And if you're here today, and you know that God's word is truth, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God to help you to never stop learning. Never stop learning. As a Christian, you have never arrived. You are never at the peak of your sanctification until you get to heaven. You will always be continuing to grow more and more into the image of Christ, to learn more about him, to continue to be sanctified all the way until you get to heaven. So never get to the point where you're so prideful that you think that you got it all figured out because you don't. Keep learning. Never stop learning. And then I want you to pray for those who are wrestling with whether or not they believe God's word is truth. And here's why. Because standing on this foundation, I have so much confidence, so much trust. I have no doubt that storms are going to come my way, and I may feel them, but I always have a firm foundation to stand on. And let me tell you, standing on this is so much better than standing on that. And if somebody's going through life and they think that all truth is relative and that there is no absolute truth and nothing can be trusted, I can tell you right now, they may put on a front, but they do not have much confidence because nothing is sure. They don't have a strong foundation to stand on. Wouldn't you rather them have this than have this? You want them to stand on that solid and firm foundation of truth.